Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and the podcast about rugby that is here 52 weeks of the year throughout a British summer, a heatwave summer, we are subterranean in the rugby dungeon to give you your weekly fix of rugby and uh, I'm Tim, JB is over there. Hello Timothy. And completing the trio all in shorts today, uh, here's Phil. Hello, Tim. Nice old school Stade Francais jersey, that's nice. Yeah, Stade Francais after the uh, Paul O'Connell news this week. Yes. Oh, he's gone to coach them. Yeah. yeah. In very poorly fashion, as it, I mean, poorly, as in Paul O'Connell the fella, not poorly yeah, poor poor fashion. Um, he, he did that very low key, in a very low key fashion. Very low key. Yeah. Nothing low key about going to Stade Francais, though, is there? Well, the announcement was low key. How do they do it? Fireworks. He just kind of mumbled it. Yeah. After, after, after start. <laughs> the uh, the red um, the red arrow is not in pink smoke. <laughs> Tell you what, there's there's some uh, impressive Irish ex internationals that are already forging impressive paths in coaching. Not least Ronan O'Gara. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's done really well, hasn't he? And I like the I like the route that he's gone about doing it as well because mm. you can't deny. You, you, I mean, you don't go to New Zealand for, for a massive pay bump. No, not at all. Yeah, it's def- he's not gone there for the money. or He's not gone there for the short-term money. He's gone there f- for the long-term money. If he becomes the best coach in the world, or one of the best coaches in the world, he can command his own salary. Yeah. I wonder I wonder which of the regions... Regions? Franchises? No. What's the other one? Provinces. Provinces. Right. Island. Island. Are going to want him back? Because it feels like Munster are very settled. They've got a long-term plan. He doesn't seem to fit into that. And I wonder if it would be good for him to go back to Munster. At some point, a province is going to want him. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And I think Munster would have taken him uh, after Axel. There was talk of him going there. But he decided, or they decided, or a combination of the two, that the timing wasn't right. Yeah. So I would have thought there will be multiple offers on the table at various different stages. What's really interesting... So every every time that an Irish job comes up, his name will be in the frame. What will be interesting is when he feels he has got enough sufficient experience in all of the different roles that he's gaining to take what would be uh, a province head coach or DOR-type job. Yeah. Because I, my assumption is he would want that 
almost as a stepping stone <laughs> to potentially the Irish what, job. Bless what is you, he? Thirty-eight, forty tops. Something like that. Yeah, so forty. Forty. So he's got a he's got a couple of decades yeah. of coaching. So there's no rush. I think he's being really, really smart. Thing is, though, he is, he's doing all the right things. He's going to visit all the right places. So, you know, obviously, uh, Racing are a big club. He's gone down. Is he at Chiefs or Highlanders? Highlanders. Is that where he is now? Is it the Crusaders? No, the Crusaders. Crusaders, Crusaders yeah. yeah. Crusaders. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, well, you've got to win something. But actually, I'm sure he's got a top 14 title somewhere. Well, well but, I mean, he's not the yeah. head man. But... Like, when he was at Racing, I've got, I went over to cover a Racing game. It was Racing. They hammered Leicester. I think it was a bit of a dead rubber game. Yeah. And he was more honest. He did not give a damn. I interviewed him um, before the game. And Racing were in a shambles. And he, he was so unbelievably brutally honest. It was brilliant. He, and he, he just, he strikes me as a guy, he knows, exa- he strikes me from what you can tell, he knows exactly what he wants. He'll call it when it's not right. He'll be, he'll front up and be honest when it's his, when it's his own fault. And he'll, he'll happily throw shade in, in any direction that's necessary. A really honest man. Hmm. And all of those things, so, Maybe not the experience side yet, but all of those characteristics you would say about Paul O'Connell as well. So Absolutely. Be, it will be very interesting to see what path he takes because I, I would have thought a couple of years of coaching under his belt, there would be talk of stepping up because of his experience and his leadership credentials on the pitch. But it'll be interesting to see what route he takes off the pitch. Mm. So here's a thought for you, right? These, this golden generation of Irish players... Which, broadly speaking, so your Stringers, your Agaras, uh, your O'Connells, Callahans. Yeah, you know. I, lo- I, lo- I love that you're doing the football thing where you're the, the, um, you're talking in plurals. Your O'Driscolls, your O'Driscolls, <laughs> yeah, Agaras. Yeah, right. All all these lads. Now O'Driscoll's gone to media, um, but the others seem to all be going into coaching. I mean, so, I mean, so O'Driscoll's also got a restaurant in New York. Has he really? Yeah, mm. doing what? Serving what? I don't know. It, I. I it, I it's got a couple. It's uh, it might be Michelin starred, or it mm. might be very, very well thought of restaurant. He's got a couple of very good chefs. I've, I only got like this is part. This is the the result of about a five minute conversation when I was just saying what you're doing this summer, and he's going over to New York to check on his restaurant. So oh, what, nice. when, what when you were chatting to Bod, yeah? When when me and Bod were host, hosting the co- colleagues. <laughs> When me and Bod were hosting the stage at the at the Premiership final, you know. Oh, you, you didn't think to mention that on one of our other podcasts. Maybe just after you've done it. Well, okay. that would have that would have been a bit. Anyway, that wasn't relevant then. That would have been we were talking about Brian O'Driscoll and what else he's doing. Yes, exactly. Yes. So you know, all these lads are now kind of because they've been out of the game for a little bit. They're now finding their their path doing other things. One of them, one of it, uh, one of these paths is obviously coaching. Now, there's a lot of players looking for not very many coaching roles. And I was just thinking then, that's because, well, they're from that, that, you know, those, those great teams or that great period of, of Irish, Irish rugby. Have many of the England World Cup winners gone into coaching? Martin Johnson tried it. <laughs> Very brief I think Martin Johnson foray. the only one with any kind of coaching experience uh, whatsoever. Did, did Neil Back not do it for a bit of Rugby Lions? Uh, yes. And at Leeds. Leeds. Yeah. Yes, and at Leeds, that's right. Richard Hill, basically they roll him out to do corporate stuff. He's a team manager for England now, isn't he, Richard yeah, Hill? He, oh, yeah, he is, actually. I wonder but if, he's not, I, it's not coaching. I wonder if Ben Kay ever goes out on the training paddock at Leicester. Just does the old line-out session. Mm. Maybe. He'd be damn good. Um, but no. 
I can't think of any. It was Vickery, it was, it was Thompson. Wood, Wood, Trevor Woodman's coaching. Trevor Woodman, yep. Where's he coaching? He's probably the most low-key. Gloucester, he's at the, in the, uh, heading, heading up the academy, or one of the yeah. uh, academy forwards coach. Right, okay. But he's probably the most, you know, probably the most low-key of the, the, enti- the entire starting squad. Then, yeah. So if you win a World Cup, I presume the after-dinner speaking kind yeah. of yeah, right. demand for your time and yeah. pay will be probably better than, well, maybe not someone like Bod because he's done so much and he's such a name, but mm. it'd be better than almost anyone else. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just more more avenues open for, for you. And you have to work less hard if you're doing a few... Coaching sh- is a tough job. Yeah, it, a lot of pressure. What's tougher, though, right? Is it coaching when you go to work and you build your squad and you, know, you either live or die by that squad? Or is it reciting the same play over and over again to rooms full of middle management? <laughs> the same play? What do you mean? So, like... The, the same, like, like speech, right. you, you stay, yeah, Jason, your stick. Jason Robinson, I am convinced, does not remember the World Cup. He remembers what he thinks was the World Cup. I'm sure he has no actual memory of I mean, he's, wa- <laughs> he's been... watched on TV that many times. And he's got memories of talking to a room full of middle managers yeah. about the World Cup. Exactly. I, he will remember that World Cup <laughs> as if he was watching it on TV. He'll have seen the pictures of himself so often. I think that's the sort of death sentence in itself right there, isn't it? <laughs> but if you were claiming, I don't know, £25,000 a time for a, an afternoon for your or soul. an evening... £25,000 for your soul. Per time for per your time. soul. Per time. Just a little yeah. bit of a... Just 25 grand for your soul? No. 25 grand a time. A time so two or three chunks per everyone's, month. Everyone's got a price. Yeah. It's chipping away at him. He can't begrudge <laughs> any of it. Speaking of which, that, that's that's one talking point. So on this podcast, we're going to we'll reflect on the Super Rugby final. We'll um, reflect on Eddie Jones's summer tr- England training squad. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, the training squad's out. Yes, yeah. the training squad is out. So what I thought might segue nicely from that, everyone has a price... Michael Rhodes is a potential England international now. He is. South African-born Michael Rhodes. Yeah. He, he, uh, he grew up dreaming of pulling on that white rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he has gone, he's gone down the uh, residency route, unlike Three, yeah. Brad, Brad Shields, for example. He went down yeah. the English route. He, yeah. He's got two English, two English parents. parents. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And like Don Armand who went down the residency route. And like Nathan Hughes. Nathan Hughes, another. But those three in particular, so Rhodes, Shields, Armand. So Armand was involved in the Six Nations, Shields in the summer tour, Rhodes now. The three of them have never been in the squad together. It almost feels like they're kind of on rotation because they're they're quite similar in the way they play. They're industrious number sixes, Mm -hmm. uh, can cover second row, similar height, weight, all of they they yeah. all feel like they're so it's kind of like you just picked one of those than, three than the others maybe no, an inch mm, Rhodes is six five so it's similar like, mm. and the other two Don Armand and uh, Don Armand's around that six four six five so it's not a lot in it similar yeah they're very all similar. if you stood the three of them next to each other put them on the scales and get your tape measure out there's probably not a lot in between we them do that yeah <laughs> uh, well the the England number six jerseys. Tony microcosm of exactly why they're in such a mess. You know, how you can't decide on a six and why you need to just be messing around with it. You've seen enough Don Arman now to say he deserves a prolonged period in that shirt. And then they just drop other guys in, whether it be Brad Shields or, you know, now it's Rhodes who's, you know, 
the next guy, they seem to be persevering with uh, Rob Shaw, who's had a terrible few months. Oh, that is harsh. Uh, he, well, had, sorry, he had one few, bad game. No, from November last year, I think he's been pretty poor in an England shirt. I think uh, looking at looking at the players that are coming in, he's uh, he's he's clearly un, very very much under threat in a way he, he's never been before. Um, I would go back and say that I think the reason why it feels like there's been this. Ooh, what the hell? Ooh, what's oh, this? I don't know. Oh, oh, it's me getting something ready for a, a little bit later. I accidentally pressed play. Um, uh, the reason it feels like it's been chop change, can't decide, is actually out of necessity. It's like, well, we need to cap Brad Shields, so we've got him. And yeah. we need to cap Michael Rhodes, so we've got him. Yeah. And it's and it's cynical, and I've said it before, so I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go into it again. I really, really dislike the fact that Michael Rhodes is in the England squad. It's, it goes against what I think it should mean and be to play international rugby. I don't begrudge the guy trying to earn twenty five grand a game for his family and for his own career, which mm. could end tomorrow with one injury. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad the rules have changed, but yeah, we've got as as a result we've got a, a, we've got a South African um, who's going to be singing "God Save the Queen" and that, and and fine, good luck to him. But there are, I do think he's an absolute baller of a player. He he's is quite he's good, a very he? good player. He'll be he'll be. Second choice, third choice, whatever he is, he will be a very big asset to that team. Absolutely, but there, there are he will probably be second or third choice in that position. But they're all so you see, so, they're quite similar. I think they're all completely different. I look at Brad, um, I look at Rhodes as you know, an extra lineout option. He's a lineout um, option, a little but bit so, more. So is so is Shields, so is Robshaw. More athletic. I look at uh, Shields a bit more of a ball player, a bit more. You know, maybe that's because just because it's lazy analysis because he came from the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, yeah. And then you've got Armand, who's just an absolute battering ram. He's probably more physical than the than the other two. But I, he needs to carry more mm, in heavy traffic. Mm, I think Rhodes, allegedly. Rhodes and Shields are very, very similar. They're they're pretty robust, well, very robust defensively, but they are they are capable of amazing offloads and. Things I mean, like how hard? Also, how hard is it to find a six? I mean, six should be like the easiest position to find. Uh, yeah, they they just are. You just need someone who is. Hard as nails, good engine on them. Hit rocks all day, smash tackles all day. But then if, if you, well, yeah. It's, well, it's, we haven't even mentioned Haskell. He's in the England squad again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course he is. Because he's the only one who genuinely is untouchable. Like, he will, <laughs> if he gets in that, in, in that seven shirt, it'd be very difficult to move him before the World Cup. Will he get in that, though? Because I, I think the starting team right now would be Curry at seven with probably yeah. Rob Shaw yeah. at six. I'd like to see Curry play. Rhodes as a bench option, much like Shields, in the fact that he can he can come on as a second row, yeah, or a back row. Does a back row of Rob Shaw and Curry sound like something which could win a World Cup to you? Well, what back row combination sounds like it could win a World Cup? Of the England lot, the England lot, yeah. We're struggling. It's real. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Haskell has to play. I mean, Haskell, Armand, some sort of combination like that would be more for me. But, you know, Curry is a brilliant player. The back row that's going to win the World Cup is Kieran Reid, uh, Sam Kane, yeah. and then Ardi Surveyor yeah. or Liam Squires. Some, something like that. It's got a feel even, around... Because yes. you even cast your eye in that Crusaders game and Todd looks absolutely yeah. brilliant as well. Todd's been amazing this season. Yeah, he has. So, and Kieran Reid, oh... Just just in time for the rugby championship. What was it? Nineteen carries, uh, nineteen tackles, seventeen carries, but every single one of them, 
dominant defensively and getting over the gain line with the ball as well. He's just yeah, he's absolutely good. class. They they are annoyingly good. I mean, I really wanted them to. Lose. I really no, I didn't want them to lose. I really wanted the Lions to win. Third final, third head in a row. Final. Yeah, we'll get onto that. But on this England squad then, because Chris, oh, yes. Chris Ashton's back in. Yeah. Okay. Mini um, Spence. The, a lot of the guys that are in Haskell, I'm okay with. Fine. Um, Ashton, cool, I'm absolutely fine with that. Where do you stand on these sort of half a dozen players? There was a Coconut Singer, um, Ibitoya, Ibitoya, Ipcock. I- I- uh, hold on, uh, Olo Fella. Uh, Olo Fella, yeah, yep. Jordan Olo Fella um, from Leicester Tigers, who looked amazing in the Under Twenties World Cup. Yes, uh, but I've not seen any. No asterisk. No asterisk next next to anyone's name. On uh, this, uh, yeah. So there's no apprentice players, and on that basis, that Marcus Marcus Smith and Zach Mercer don't make the cut. Yeah. Who yeah. have been previous apprentice players. Yeah. But other players have stepped up. Yeah. And then in the but, forwards, there's the, the the chap who's not even played a senior game for Saracens yet. Kapoku. Uh, um, Kapoku, who look as a physical specimen, big lad at 19. He's a pretty a big lad. Pretty but, impressive. Yeah, 126 kg. I saw him. Yeah. 6, 6, 126 kg listed. I hope he's. Jeez, uh, <laughs> the amount of the amount. He's he's local butcher. I hope, I hope his family got shares in it. Jeez. Um, yeah. And then, is there any more youngsters like un, off the radar that are in in the forwards, or is it mainly in the backs? Well, Jack Singleton's in it again. So yeah, I feel like he's not off the radar if you know, mm. um, kind of a bit of England and obviously Worcester. He's a good player, but he's right. not he's not a big name. So let's go with those those four youngsters that we just said, or might be five. When you have Ollie Woodburn uh sat at home. Yeah. When yep. when you have guys like Don Armand sat at home, when you have Dave Atwood, who's now back available at back at home. Back at home. Finished the season fit, very strongly. Played very strongly for Toulon. for Toulon. And you've got someone who hasn't played a senior game for Saracens in his position. Stepping into the squad, and you're you're sat there, you're Ollie Woodburn, and you're seeing Oliver Fela, um, Ibitoya, Ibitoya, and Cockney Singer, and Cockney Singer in the England squad. I think it's bizarre. I, mean, I don't know why they continue to mess around with these young players, getting them in, getting them experienced to the environment. I mean, just go back to your club and work hard, and when you're good enough, you can step up to the England squad. Yeah, that's how it should be. And, you know, we'll do it once or twice, fine. But now it's, it's four of them. It's four of them. And these lads might have been very, very good in the in the under 20s. But frankly, I've, ne- I've never seen them have a signature game for any of their clubs. So it's complete, a complete and utter waste of time. England need... Right, Eddie Jones has got four games c- c- coming up. I think he can win one of them. And I think he gets <laughs> absolutely pasted in, in, um, in the other three. And if that happens... He's pretty much on course to lose his job. So why well, is he messing around yeah. with kids? If that were to happen, mm-hmm. he would be on course to lose his job. I, I don't think it will. I've kind of got a bit more faith in that. But, so first up is South but, Africa. But he's he's not... He is... I, I agree with your sentiment around... Yeah. Kind of why is he playing around with kids? Why is he not getting... As we, We've made this point over a number of years. Get the very best men you can for that ve- that next exactly. game. It's not, it's not about 2023. No. It's not about... But do you know what? If I was an England fan, God, I'd be worried about the noise for 2023. I'd be seriously worried because as soon as camp start talking about the World Cup after the next one, they've already <laughs> they're already hedging their bets. Resigned. They've already lost it. 
Well, I, we sort of got where his head was at when he actually put the asterisk next to people's player and going, these are, these are young, promising players and they're coming in for experience and so we can have a look at them and help them and mm. technically get, get them access to our coaches. We kind of knew where they stood. It's like he, he was saying, Zach Mercer is not in line to play this autumn, um, but we think he's one definitely we, we want to keep tabs on and we want to work on and with. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, I, happy I, with that. I don't understand not... Jordan Oluwafella is not starting this autumn. No. And he, he's not, not He's years. not even been a regular starter for Leicester Tigers. No. What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing 15 months out from a World Cup? Yeah. I, I honestly think it's a, sort of this excuse culture. I think they're making any... Uh, they're getting their, their excuses in early. Because if you listen to stuff Eddie Jones says, I mean, what do you say? He had 40 unavailable players during yeah, the... Yeah, 25 during, or whatever, oh, yeah, whatever it was. 20, uh, it's yeah, 25 and we could, we could add up to about 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. It's um, it's not a good look. They need they, they need to win these next four games. They need they, they need to win all four. In in my opinion, I don't. I think so, yeah, th- three out three out of four would be okay. Less than that is not good news. No, at, at home and then, twelve months out from a World Cup. Yeah, and they need a squad that reflects that. Yeah, we just what there isn't time to there isn't time to to waste a minute on a player that isn't going to be in the World Cup. So I assume Eddie Jones honestly believes these guys are potential World Cup squad members. I wonder if there's some politics going on. Yeah, that is what it signals. Uh, The politics I'm referring to is I wonder if, like, because England are responsible for the under-20s World Cup and there's a whole sort of pathway to bring these under-20s players to Eddie so they're ready, I wonder if... One of the politics behind it is, hey, look, here's some successful under-20s lads. Let's get them in to demonstrate how... How good are in are in the twenties program is, but hmm, because they've got a guy in their corner. You know, they've got people in the RFU, or RFU who are sat, sat in these kids' corners, and they desperately want them to do well for obvious reasons because everyone yeah. wants, yep. wants them to do well anyway. But also, it justifies all the expenditure that they put into the, the under twenties program. But, if they can say, "Hey, you've got four of our lads now," but if look that, what that a great feels, job we've done, that's the uh, the tail wagging the dog. If that's the case, yeah, yes. and it's it reverse engineering. Isn't it, it doesn't feel like. From everything that Eddie Jones says, it doesn't feel like that would be his reasoning. Mm. If if someone was telling him you need to get these under twenties in, he would say, "Get stuffed." Yeah, but so it, it doesn't feel like that. And also, throw in an inexperienced someone who's not played first team rugby. If they throw him into the the lion's den of a professional international game against someone like South Africa, you, you're crushing that kid exactly right yeah and I, ha- I haven't looked at um, exactly the list right. there was a list of players given as un- unavailable for injury um, or uh, slash something yes I've, I've slash seen other reasons I don't know if guys like Ben Earl were on that but let's remember Ben Earl travelled to South Africa and is, yeah. is now not in the squad uh, Woodward like, again what, yeah Jason Woodward. Woodward oh my god I, when, when I was thinking I knew there yeah. was someone else I was thinking of when I, when I said Ollie Woodburn Jason Woodward yeah. Yeah. what's he thinking seeing Jordan Oluwafella and um, Ibatoye. Ibatoye and Cockney Singer what's he thinking yeah, yeah much better than these kids that's yeah, what, yeah that's what he's thinking much better so, much more experienced much more versatile played yeah. in a super rugby won super rugby I mean at what point as well this is the which really annoys me at what point did club rugby become irrelevant to getting picked for your nation because it seems to be, it doesn't matter what you do in your club shirt or, you know, the cut and thrust of high-level premiership games or high-level European games. It simply just does not matter. You'll be picked. And in some cases, 
um, you'll be uh, you 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 almost like just leapfrog the club game. Like yeah, yeah. Like Cochrane Singer has done zero in the Premiership, which I think uh, you know warrants going going to England, and yet here he is. I yeah. mean, an, an undoubted talent, and we'll see. He's a, he's a big lad. And he's, he's, he's a big unit. He's got. He has had some incredible moments. Yeah, we will, we'll touch on him a bit later as yes, well when, when we, we preview Bath. Bath. But yeah, I've not seen consistent, outstanding performances. So this go get me my go go, go get me my uh, my whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's here's how England's gonna uh, pan out up until the World Cup. They've got no money. Well, they've got some money, right? They have got money. The, yeah, it's they, they want to spend less on a stand if they can do, but they've got money. Yeah, fifteen million over apparently, Phil. Um, yeah, so they've got no money, so I don't think they can afford to sack Eddie, and I'm not sure they can afford to necessarily get in a replacement. Hundred, by the way, hundred thirty-five quid uh, for a ticket for the New Zealand game. Just uh, Ooh. see if the two tally up. Yes, nice. <laughs> 80, so, Eighty thousand of them will do all right. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, so let's right. So if, if if Eddie has to go, England need a new coach. Well, thankfully for them, they've already got a coach on staff ready to drop in. I, it does. It would not surprise me if this gets engineered to a point that the next England coach is either going to be someone like Jim Mallander or um, what's his name, the guy who's used used, used, uh, used, John, used to be John Mitchell. No, used to be at Worcester. Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan. No. Okay. Call me mad. <laughs> get but your whiteboard out. Get. I, I, <laughs> if if Eddie goes, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be gonna be one of those two, and he's going into one hell of a hard autumn task. Well, this links in with uh, oh, who was the name the chap at the RFU who came out and gave it effectively a confidence vote, but said we have we have faith in Eddie Jones. Steve Brown. Uh, was it Steve Brown? It might have been Steve Brown. He said we have faith in Eddie Jones. Uh, but it is not unconditional. Or no, no, he said it is conditional, and we need results. Ooh. So it, I mean, he he made the point of saying it's not an ultimatum, but yet <laughs> it had the it had the feel. Yeah, it had a feel of a kind of ultimatum. But no, because what he also said is it's not just about winning; it's about how we win as well. We've got to see. Um, I think they're jumping the gun there. We've got to <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> just get the win. Yeah, oh, that's that's my thought. I don't care how they win. Just three nil ugly. Um, by, by, by that logic, if it's how they're playing, mm. if they, they could lose but play some brilliant or whatever he wants to see in them, yeah. and make an argument for them. Well, he says well, it's, so about, it's about what? entertaining people. It's about entertaining the crowd. People are paying a no. lot of money to come to Twickenham. It's about making sure it's an en- an entertaining spectacle. So. He, so what he should have said is, it's not about how we lose. No, it's not about losing. It's about how we lose. <laughs> now, that's going to be the important part here. Well, it was. It was curious. It was. It was curious. He was. He made the point. And he said, "This this isn't an ultimatum," and maybe he's got a point. I mean, is his point valid that he says that you know we've got to, we've got a duty to entertain? It's a product. Uh, a duty. I mean, like you know, there's a duty to do national service. I don't think you have a duty to entertain anyone. Or a duty to pay to pay my class three national insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can... It's not really a duty, is it? Um, no. If you can entertain, great. But you know, winning is entertaining. Just yeah. win. Yeah. I mean, so they're playing South Africa, New Zealand, Japan, and um, Australia. If you if you win against the big three. The crowd will be delighted. Yeah, absolutely. No, no matter if you grind out a six-three victory against New Zealand, the crowd yeah, will exactly. love that. 
they'll be on edge. If you get six three against against New Zealand, that will be amazing. Yeah, but you know, South Africa is going to be a loss. New Zealand's going to be a loss. I mean, Australia are building something again. I think they're getting lots of lots of lads. It's quite back. New Zealand esque what they're doing currently. Um, who's the sorry? Who's who's the the tier two team England will be playing? Japan. Japan. Yeah, you got to win there. And I mean, Eddie Jones has got inside information, so you'd probably back him to to beat them. Yeah, unless they put a weekend squad out and lose that as well. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of kids in his his squad. He's got to get them some game time. Ebertoy yeah, needs game time. Yeah. So there is rumours of the coaching change. You mentioned mm. him before, Tim, John for England. Mitchell. John Mitchell to come from the BBC, Blue Bulls Company, not a British <laughs> broadcasting <laughs> corporation. Um, as and that could be one of those you get in a former international head coach into a more junior role, and if things do go south, as JB suggested, if there's one win in four in November, you got someone on staff already in the system another one on staff already in the system who has done it before I'm telling you it's going to be Dean Ryan it's going to be Dean Ryan John Mitchell uh, had an opportunity to take uh, to take control at Sale Sharks and was here for about two weeks ridiculous decision and then then left and then left because the reason he didn't want to stay in England is because his relationship was in South Africa so So by assuming England role means he can go between the two places so when I was 21 or 22, I was offered a job in Richmond, right? And I took this job in Richmond. It Lovely. Out, like, you can go uh, sit by the river. Uh, yeah, I could go watch Harlequins play. Go feed, yeah. go feed the ducks. Yeah, it was Some just... amazing was still, pubs. Yeah, it, it was going to be... The parks, like, mate. Just a little jog around the park. Beautiful. Oh, basically, coffee with the boys every yeah, day. love it. <laughs> Sadly, it was Richmond, North Yorkshire, right? And I didn't realise this <laughs> until I shook hands on it. And then on, on the way out of the room, uh, the guy who offered me the job said, right, meet me tomorrow and we'll drive up to Yorkshire to see, to see a new office. I can't help but think that John Mitchell, when he signed for Sharks, got the wrong Sharks. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure exactly the same process happened. Because he was here, wasn't he, for literally two weeks. It was two weeks. And, uh, I mean... This, this isn't Durban. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is cold. <laughs> um, why, yeah, and also he must have been baffled why they were even called the Sharks, but but, but there we are. It's a, la- <laughs> a landlocked city next to a sewage works. What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, those opportunities to coach clubs like Sale Sharks don't come around ve- um, uh, uh, don't come around very often. I mean, he must be kicking himself now. <laughs> uh, well, he's in South Africa. It's not. It's not Sale, though, is it? I do, it's not Sale. I'd agree. Uh, in Pretoria but potentially England's new defence coach potentially do you not think that he has in the same way that the RFU seems to be collecting coaches which are last relevant 10 years ago to work in their their pathways um, that kind of John Mitchell was last relevant like 10 years ago so he's got an interesting did he have a good stint with USA he had one year Oh, okay. Or he, maybe two he's seasons. Very, he's, from what I understand, he's a really volatile guy. I mean, so I don't know that for certain. I'll read you his uh, coaching CV. So, Fraser Tech, which uh, I assume is New Zealand, yes, because he played there. Uh, so, Fraser Tech, whatever that is. Ireland as a forwards coach. Sale Sharks from 96 to 99. Yep. Uh, England as a forwards coach. London Wasps as an assistant coach for one year. Waikato B for one year, the Chiefs for one year, New Zealand head coach for two years, 
Back to Waikato. That's a step down, isn't it? A little bit. All black to Waikato. Oh, my God. He was New Zealand head coach. Yeah. 2001 God, to 2003. God, I've completely forgotten. Uh, then to Western Force for four years. Then to the Golden Lions and the Lions for two years. Sail Sharks for two weeks. Yep. Uh, UK, UKZN. What on earth is that? UK. Oh, University of Kwazulu Natal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, then from a university, so Sail Sharks director of rugby to a university to head coach for the United States, then to the Bulls and the Blue Bulls. And he's a very volatile man, from what I understand. It, that is an interesting CV. Can't imagine him working well, well with Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. It only needs a year out of him. Just give us, did, give yeah. us a good year. Yeah. If he gets that same first year bump that Eddie had. Mm-hmm. And that probably amounts to um, a few months' work yeah. o- over the course of a year. Yeah. Well, into physical work. Yeah. Um, interesting times at England. JB just needs to plug in his computer, so we'll give yeah. him that second. How was your day, Phil? Nice? You guys Very nice. Talking. Talk oh, tell, tell us about uh, your night well, out in Lancaster. Well, you were hosting an award ceremony, weren't you? There we go. Is this is this in your guise as JB... Uh, no, no, no. C- celeb? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> it was I, after... Oh, we've invited him, but we've paid, paid him to come and... Uh... It was... No, no, yeah, um, it was, I, it was... no I, I did it under the guise of uh, being Tim Cocker. <laughs> the, it was, the fiat command was much much greater yeah after, after dinner speaking slash hosting £25,000 a time uh, no uh, it was I was hosting the award ceremony for my friend's fantasy football league it, it, it was it was hardly <laughs> a ceremony it was very very good fun and See, very very drunk enough. this is how and let's let's talk about fancy rugby draft at this point yes this is this is what I want and it isn't going to happen for our draft it's a physical in person we're too spread Draft. out. Yeah, geographic. So this it's was right. this was the fantasy football league, the draft fantasy football league that I play in. Mm. So between two thirty or two forty-five, and about five p.m. yesterday, there was a draft, which you were serving drinks during I'm the draft. Serving drinks, yep. And then you, so you put to good use during the whole time because you don't play in the fantasy no, league. No, I'm, I'm so not even in the league. I, oh, I see. I was plugged in in Shropshire on a 56k dial-up connection wow. in a cottage in the middle of nowhere the wow. worst connection so i liked when i'm drafting i like to have at least two laptops and at least yeah. three screens and i had to like unplug everything bar the one laptop i was using so it's a very frustrating draft for, for me but mm. fantasy rugby draft is coming soon and in fact this coming week depending on when you get this podcast it may already be there uh, but the the players for the premiership and their positions and everything will be out this week. Oh wow! Big, and their big ranking, week. yeah. And the rank, the ranking of the players. So you need to get on to fantasyrugbydraft.co.uk or .com. Uh, .com. .com. Fantasyrugbydraft.com and sign yourself up. Um, and and it's a it's fantasy rugby, but the beauty of it is it's is it's you versus nine friends or fe- ex or, friends or ex yeah or <laughs> other rugby fans, and rather than every player being able to have every every player in your league being able to pick the best player let's say um everyone could Danny Danny Cipriani goes on a hot streak and everyone can pick Danny Cipriani up um and all start him and make him captain no 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 doesn't work like that uh uh-uh. you can only one only every premiership player can be owned by one side which means there's trading there's 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 subterfuge if you're JB 
Yeah, there's a few nefarious deals. Yeah, no, no nefarious deals, only deals. <laughs> and what's more, it's not the case. You could have a terrible week, but still pick up a win because you get much it's like a head. Premiership league. It's head to head. You're not playing against everyone at all all the time. You're playing against one person for one game week, and you score wins or losses, um, and you try and progress to the playoffs. It's Tim, bloody Tim brilliant. Is the Paul Manafort of fancy rugby trades? I've got no that? idea what that means. Paul Manafort. Paul. The guy who is on trial now. Uh, the the, the Trump aide <laughs> who was who was busted by, by, by the Russia inquiry. <laughs> I Dodgy d- connections. It's only gonna get worse this year. I don't really do many trades. I just I drafted incredibly well <laughs> this year, got to get to the playoffs. Fake news, mate, fake news. Mm. <laughs> We've taking out a lot of Facebook ads over the next few, few weeks just to <laughs> sow disinformation. I mean, so we love it. Throughout this coming season, you're going to hear lots and lots about the rivalries. There's always a, there's always an edge when uh, one of us is playing someone else. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, more important though, it massively increases your rugby knowledge. Oh yeah. When you know, you know who the fifth choice winger is for Bristol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very good for that. Yeah. I, when, I remember... when you start looking at A League results to see. What players coming back from injury? When and... you go to watch the A League at <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haywood Road, I remember watching. I tell you what, A League's good, good, quite 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 good fun to watch. I'd, I'd recommend it on a Monday night. Yeah, because hardly anyone's there except for all the players who aren't playing. So that's pretty cool. And then you just get to watch. The number of times as well that I've been accused of abusing my position uh, as a reporter <laughs> because a question I asked just happens to relate to a player that's in my team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so how's, uh, how's Jimmy Goffer's hamstring looking, <laughs> Di? <laughs> Back kicking yet? How many more weeks? Will he be a goal kicker, do you think, or just, just starting at what 12? Is a, what is the substitution strategy for Joe Cockenasinger next week? <laughs> Two weeks' time. Yeah. So I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I was playing JB in the head-to-head, and we went into the final game of the week, uh, which happened to be Sale versus Wasps, and I was something like 45 points up. Yeah, so, so I thought, this game. What a game. This, what is, a game. this is easy. I've got this in the bag. Cue Denny, Sonomo- Denny, Denny Solomona scoring a hat-trick. In the first half. And One of only three, is it two or three first-half hat-tricks ever? Maybe two of Denny Solomona's first-half hat-tricks. But... Just the frustration, yeah. and ha- we, we were sat in the ground. JV obviously being very magnanimous, uh, as Denny, Denny was glided <laughs> in for his hat trick. <laughs> yes, what, uh, what, what an afternoon that was! I think I still won that game week by about two points, though. Uh, I think I won it, but anyway, <laughs> I never get more angry about like refereeing penalties oh, but when no. so, when there's a legitimate turnover and a ref pings it. And it's your player. Yeah, oh. it's has gone from a plus, plus two to a minus two or minus three. So it's a well, five-point swing. Let's talk about a refing decision for the, from, from this week then. Oh, go on. Did you see the Angus Gardner, El, Elton Yanchi's touching the ball Tr- back? The try, no try. No. Um, so the ball gets absolutely hoofed down uh, down the field by Crusaders. It rolls onto the try line. And then it tips back over the try line yeah. back into, into the field into the, of play. Onto the field, but right. it's still moving about, bobbling about. Yanchis picks it up, dots, Do- it, dots down, it down, scrum five to Crusaders. Did, now, did he have his foot in his try line when he picked it up? Yes. Hmm. They've changed that law. They have. That it used to be the case that you could, as long as you were stood with one foot 
in the tri trial area, between the try line and the dead ball line, you could pick the ball up from in the field of play, place it down in the try area, and it would be a dropout. As and long as it was still moving. As long as it was still moving. Yes. But, but they got rid of that, and now it's where the ball is when you pick it up. Right. Yeah, so, okay, so the law says it has to cross the line, but that's completely different to every other area of rugby. Where you just touch, touch the line. line. So... If that is the correct law, and it is the correct law because it actually states that is the law, and also the ball was rocking back. Rocking back into the field of play. Yes. So it, it slowed right down, it kind of rocked onto the try line, and then it rocked back, and then Yanchi's pick picked it up. So, I mean, that it could be the right call for that anyway. But if the case is it has to cross the line rather than be on the line, that law's wrong. Well, it's just inconsistent with the rest of the, with the, rest, yeah, of the, the rest of the laws surrounding the try line. Or, yeah. or the try line, but any line. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not just the, the side line. line. Yeah, so that annoyed me quite, <laughs> quite a lot. I think it actually yeah. was the right call, and if it was the right call, it's an astonishingly good call, because he had to run. Angus Gordon had to run from God knows where to mm. catch up. And I tell you what, it's so Elton Yanchies too. It's <laughs> the most Elton Yanchies thing you're ever like ever likely to see. Yeah, it wasn't his day, was it? Again. But Moanga, Moanga by the, oh, wow, what, yeah. he's a talent. He can play a bit, can't he? He's a serious talent. Yeah. Having basically an old Blacks pack, giving you, I wouldn't say an armchair's ride, because they didn't have it all their own way against the Lions. The Lions pack is very, very good, but it does help. The Crusaders just have an answer for everything. They have an answer oh, for yeah. absolutely everything. Driving Wall got an answer for that. Um, Big Pack got an answer for that. I mean, they really, it's not... You start to get concerned about. I'm not even sure they're beatable. I mean, what is the strategy that you've got to play to beat them? They have, yeah, you're absolutely right. They have plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. They can mix it up loads. And, and in a way, the Hurricanes got totally exposed. They have one way of playing, and when you nullify that, it's done. Yeah. Now, they play, so they're reminiscent of Leinster when they've been playing and mm. Saracens when they've been playing. Um, when those two teams have been at their best, you can throw everything in the kitchen sink at them mm -hmm. and they soak it up and they absorb pressure. I mean, um, Lions had two-thirds of the territory and 12% more possession than the Crusaders. But they just soak, Crusaders just soak it all up, soak it all up. As soon as they get the opportunity, they either take points or they relieve massive pressure and gain serious territory. It's a very, very... It's very it's a very clever way of playing. Mm. I don't know. I'd love to see Leinster last year. Leinster were far and away the best team in Europe last year. They were superb. And they could play exactly that same style I'd of love game. To see, uh, you know, if we weren't cool. so reckless with how many games we make players play, yeah. there's every chance we could get a, a Crusaders-Leinster game. Oh, so good. Yeah, a global calendar. That would be magnificent. And play it in... I think, where do you want to play it? Somewhere... Somewhere neutral one, one, in the move middle. It, move it around. Tokyo one year. Yeah. And Ooh, Hong Tokyo. Kong. Um, Mind you, Dubai. considering Super Rugby doesn't Chicago. even Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, Philadelphia, New York. San Fran. San Fran. Which is basically big US party towns. Boston. Vancouver maybe. Oh, it? yeah. Yep. Vancouver or Toronto. Well, I ain't getting to Toronto. It's watching Rugby League. Mm. Um, anyway. Yeah, but bearing in mind that Super, Super Rugby can't fill out a semi-final. <laughs> it, you know, it's debatable how much attraction they could, they you know, or interest well, they could generate. A big final in Hong, a big final in Hong Kong might get uh, a bit more of the, uh, you know, 
HSBC type. Hong Kong is a good shout. It seems like the pervert. Yeah, they, they like their rugby parties, and um, yeah. it, that, that's, there's a lot of uh, these sponsors would love it as well. Ro- yeah, rotating it around Tokyo, Hong Kong, Singapore, something like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it does. I'm, in, I'm massively into that. The, the Crusaders win. Come on. Uh oh. Uh oh. Come on. <laughs> we got uh, Scotty Robinson. Robinson. No, he didn't. Um, I did you see his breakdancing? He didn't seem he did to be before. moving as freely as he did last no, year. No, I don't know if he's carrying a knock or age has just caught up with him a little bit. But he doesn't seem to have been practicing it very much. Oh, he's practiced it plenty too. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not good. It looked like someone at a wedding having a laugh. It looked like your dad trying to breakdance. Yeah, it did. It, it didn't. Yeah. So I think I think out of a lot of politeness and loyalty, a lot of people went, oh, this is awesome, what a ledge. And I think most people, if they were being honest, sort of thought... How sad. Mm, that's... that's uh, How New Zealand. It's fun, but... He it, it, it does it all the time now. He does it for semis, he does it for finals, he does it at weddings and funerals. Yeah, when the Lions landed. Yeah, yeah. At, at the airport. Oh, God, it's going to be the He's new He's got hacker. to step it up and do the like the, the Digby Ioani, um on the hands spinning oh, around. What is Dick yeah. Dig, Dig Biwani up to nowadays? It wasn't he at the Crusaders? Just he post, was at the posting Crusaders. Instagram pictures of last year. Topless. Ooh. Has he gone to Fran- uh, France? Has he gone to Japan, actually? He's got no idea. By the way, on the wingers for Crusaders, Tamanavalu's turned his career around, hasn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's quite good. Quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping that that could, that could have been Dick. Um, I was going to say Dig, Dig Biwani. Dig yeah, yeah, Dick uh, Dig, Dig Biwani, which is a, re- a real shame. Because remember. When the Reds won it, exactly how good mm. he was, yeah. and then he just disappeared. Uh, so Digby is thirty-three. Is just, he thirty-three? Just, just turned thirty-three, and he's at Panasonic Wild Knights in Japan. He did have a stint last last season at Crusaders. He's thirty-three. I did 33. not know that. Oh, it's over. Forget it. Move on. <laughs> um, the other winger, the other Crusaders winger, I really like. Joe and Bridges. apparently, what? Sorry, just to sorry, just to yeah. what I heard happened is that Digby in training scored a try, did a did a breakdown in celebration, and Scott Robinson the next day had him shipped out Get to out. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Too good, showing me up. Yeah, they got a couple of nice wingers there. George Bridges, kind of unassuming, doesn't look like he's going to be amazing, and then just glides through. Such a good player. Mm. Good same Hugh, as Ryan. Good Hughes look great. Yeah, same as Good Hugh and Ryan Crotty. Yeah. I do like Crossy. I like him a lot. I can still to this day not work out why Leicester Tigers did not sign Ryan Crossy when he when the deal was there to be done. If he was on the two, I, I wonder if it was the other way around. Ryan Crossy saying, "Nah, I've got another shot at a World Cup." No, I've, I've heard it from numerous sources. Really? Yeah, Aaron Major didn't, didn't fancy it. Well, you got Manu. He's a, he's a banker. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, we'll get onto that when we preview Leicester Tigers. Another one of the teams we're looking at this coming week. Um, what else is on our agenda? I think that's it, isn't it? Uh, have there been any other transfers? Did I? What did I send out before? Uh, the Vunapolas have re-signed, which is yeah. It's good that, news. that hyphen is very very important when you uh, when you see these <laughs> these headlines. The number of, yeah, the number of fans it? when the hyphen isn't used that must have just a heart palpitation. The Vunapolas resign. Yeah. Let re-sign. Oh, okay. Um, Felipe Contepomi to Le- Leinster as a coach. No idea if that's good or bad. Uh, I, d- I don't know how much coaching he's actually done. Yeah, it can't be a bad thing, you would think. 
but all those I, years I qualifying as a doctor and he's he's what, 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 what a loss to the medical no yeah, doctor. doctor was one was the other contopomy a lawyer I've no idea that rings a bell can't remember what the other one's name was now um I want to say Felipe Man- and Man- Man- I want to say Manuel <laughs> yeah it, I think it might have been an M hmm let's have a look but yeah I don't know how good that signing is it could be amazing it could be rubbish I, I don't know Hmm. Um, oh, have you mentioned the Scarlet's kit, by the way? There's loads of kits that have come out. Yes. We could we could just have a quick run around the, the kits. Mm. There's been loads. Um, have Bath released theirs yet? That's the important one for me. Manuel, his brother. Yes, I knew it. Twin Contipomi. brother, Manuel Contepomi. Twin brother? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> what, like twins in Danny DeVito and Donald Schwarzenegger were twins? <laughs> 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 Something like that. Uh. So let's have a look at this, the, the 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 kits that have come out recently. There's tons of them, in fact. So Saracens have got their new kit, uh, the Nike kit, which is very nice, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is quite simple. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Monster have got a new kit, turquoise change kit. No, mm. thank you. I think that might Let- just that might, or it might just be a European jersey, but it's it looks all right. Connacht yeah. look like they've taken a step forward. Or, but that wasn't saying a lot. Their BLK kit is all right. It's a, it's a bit of a night. Nice, rather than being four different shades of green, I think they're just three different shades of green on this kit. The so the monster kit, the home kit, the red, yeah. great. Have you seen the Adidas advert of Irish rugby players looking like perplexed? Yeah, at a pair of I meant to bring this up last week. Yeah, what? Yeah, so th- there's there's all these monster. Ireland international rugby players who posted simultaneously within hours of each other, all wearing an Adidas jumper, all holding a shirt, looking at it with like a, a furrowed brow, looking confused or or like they're like it was like the that thinker statue, David the thinker, you know that one where he's got his hand on his chin and he's yeah. he's deep in thought. It's like these Irish players deep in thought, all with until I know it was their boots, wasn't it? It wasn't his boots. shirt, it's boots. Yeah. It was their is their new Adidas boots. So Thanks, Adidas. Looking forward to getting these on for the start of the season. But there you the, go, the faces they pull, I don't really understand. <laughs> it's, like it's like they've never seen a rugby boot before. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's very odd. So the, t- the technology on those boots is so incredibly modern. that um... Ty Furlong, Sean O'Brien and Conor Murray there. I think there's someone else. I think I've seen a fourth one. Their their Irish colleagues, Zebo was one of them, which I ripping it out of them on social media. Good. Just, Good, good, good. They deserve it. Yeah. But then who's laughing? Because they've probably got a uh, whole chunk of change for that. Well, Zebo's probably not doing too bad. No, no, uh, quite. <laughs> ratting. Um, Wasp has got a new kit. Can you see it there? Uh, that's, a, that's all right, I guess. Is that... I prefer, last year's, no, that's not bad. Last, last year's Wasp kit was excellent, actually. Wait, no. Yeah. Was last year's not the one with the bra? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't no, sure no, about no, that. no. That's two years ago. Last two year, years? it was the plain... Plain black with the white collar and the golden side. Oh, oh yes, yeah, it was. very nice. That was all right. Yeah, very nice. It needed a bit more yellow on it, though. I think it needs to be a bit more waspy. Yes, mm. exactly. Um, who else has got a new kit? Uh, uh, Newcastle Leicester Tigers. Newcastle Falcons home shirt. It's kind of grey and black hoops. That's okay. That's it. Yeah, it's fine. Departing from the plain black. Uh, yeah, I do like that Saracens kit. So Ospreys, yeah, Saracens is really nice. Actually. Worcester, there. Mm. 
Uh, okay. Not bad. Yeah, fine. Mm. Bristol as uh, well. I've got theirs. Oh, who is who makes the Bristol kit? No idea. Oh, Northampton. This is a, an important one. Yeah, they've the had some horrors. That Macron kit, I think, is all right. Yeah, I quite like that. Is it tools? Yeah, is it tool station again? Yeah. Yeah. They need, Unless the they need, as we've said before, you need a sponsor with a sympathetic colour pa- color palette oh, yeah. to is, your jersey. Who is making Bristol's jersey? There it is. Looking at it there. Uh, who's making that? Heat. No. No, is that another sponsor? Sponsor. I don't recognise that logo at all. No, I don't. It's always a bad sign. Yeah. If you it got is. if you got like Nike or Adidas or Canterbury, one of the big ones, even some of the Under Armour stuff, people buy it because of like you know it's going to be good quality, you know it's going to mm. be a good fit. Whereas it, it put people off. The uh, so important thing about kits, uh, Scarlets have got one. Have you seen it with nineteen sponsors on it? Yes. Uh, actually, it works because they've got the you know it's all the sponsors are in white. It looks fine. Yeah. So the important part about kit is not to make it too too busy. You have nineteen sponsors on, but if it's if all the sponsors are in white fonts, it, it looks absolutely fine. Sympathetic color palette. Yeah, exactly. That that is the key to good kits. Yeah, it is massively. Um, and Leicester Tigers have got a new kit as well, which might lead us into. Uh, yeah, the and the Leicester Tigers one's fine. You know, it's not as yeah. good as some of the classics, but it's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. Yeah, they've had some shocking kits and some brilliant kits. They tend to be either great or awful. Yeah, yeah, they really have had some awful ones. They're I've never ever right in my entire life seen a kit as bad as Leicester Tigers kit two years ago, which faded, faded out, oh, into faded white. at the sides, the fade, to the, the, oh, the side yeah. fade. What were they thinking? Some of the kits, you just look at them. Yeah, you know, oh. like the kit designer should have lost. Lost their lost their job. <laughs> the salesman that put that in front of the Leicester Tigers board should have lost lost their lost their job. Yeah, the Leicester Tigers board should have lost their job. <laughs> I mean, like everybody involved in that kit from the idea right when it first even floated in the boardroom, that person should have lost their job. There, there should be there should be like sixty unemployed people just for that kit alone. Well, staying with Leicester Tigers then, we uh, we have been over the last few weeks and we will continue to the build-up to the new season to just put under the microscope a couple of teams every episode uh, and moving from the bottom of the table to the top, we're at fifth and sixth position in the Avicii Premiership, uh, the Gallagher Premiership. Gallagher, mm. yeah. Uh, fifth and Gallagher sixth Premiership. from last year's Avicii. Yeah, uh, fifth and sixth. So we're looking at Leicester Tigers and we should say thank you at this point to JB. Jonathan Pugh and James Hogarth who have... Very kindly written me a four thousand, a four thousand word document, eleven pages on less on on, on, on the Tigers. A I can say, and je- I've got, I just want to point this out. Bearing in mind, fantasy rugby draft is based on you know a bit of knowledge always helps. JB insisted this was only sent to him. <laughs> I want to point out, Phil. <laughs> so so we'll we'll be coming for it ourselves as well. But thank you very much for making the effort. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I've I've read every word every word of it. Uh, which is very unlike me. I I never get through long doc- documents, and it's absolutely bloody brilliant. Um, so yes, thank uh, thank you, chaps. And if your team is up in the next few weeks, who are the guys guys the top up? four, top top yeah, four. Yeah, Newcastle Wasps, Exeter Saracens are our next chunk. Yeah, if you want to send us your um, reviews, well, send me your reviews. Actually, it doesn't have and, to be four thousand uh, words. It doesn't, but a few you know, hundred words of some key information. Yeah, just, it could be eight thousand words. Just your thoughts. Eight, yeah. 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 Your yeah. thoughts for the season ahead, how you think the recruitment has been done, how you think things are shaping up, what your expectations are. 
Um, so let's let's throw Leicester under this microscope. So GB, yes. So having read this, yes. And for someone who has been in the past a little bit negative towards Leicester, yes. What is your overwhelming initial reaction? to Leicester's position as we get into the new season. People need to be fired and fired immediately. <laughs> that is that is my over uh, is my overwhelming. And it, is that the, is that the main thrust of the article is that or is that um, j- just there's nothing in there that changes your mind based on what you know. Yes, basically. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot, a lot in it about how uh, a bit more it's a bit more balanced the article than my opinions and it's a bit more holistic like talking about, you know, actually how good Leicester were at times last year because people do forget that. You know, they um, they, that, that Bakewell bounce, yeah, worked quite well, didn't it? Yeah. So they started. Um, they were okay uh, up till about December, and then they start, start, started losing. And then Bakewell came in, and you know when we saw them at the, at the AJ Bell, that was a properly powerful team. There's no two ways why. I mean, they weren't. You know, the rugby they were playing wasn't great, but they beat Sale up, and not many teams, you know, go uh, go up to the AJ Bell and are capable of doing that. So you know they are they are a decent team and they've got a really good fifth uh, they've got a really good fifteen. The problems for me come f- with recruitment and management from the from the absolute top. So that is Cohen, that is um, Jed, whoever his name is, whose name Jed Glynn. That's Matt O'Connor. Matt O'Connor is simply in a job because he's one of the few coaches that is happy not to do his own recruitment, uh, and that. And that's it. I don't think I don't think the structure's good I don't think the structure's good enough. And at some point this year there's gonna be another sacking. it's just a case of how soon that sacking comes. Well on the recruitment, um and thank you for Jonathan and sorry, Dylan was it? Uh, no. Jonathan and as um, I'll say Matthew. Matthew no. John, John and James. John and James. Sorry, James. I, I, um, I went to school with Matthew Hoggard, just so. No, no, I didn't that as a cricketer. <laughs> uh, no, I did go to school with a Matthew. With a Matthew Hoggard, yeah, not, not the, the Matthew Hoggard. Right. Yeah. So um, James and John um, sort of summarised a lot of the ins and outs. So Phil, why don't you tell us what the recruitment was for Leicester Tigers? So they've strengthened their back five of the pack quite considerably, actually. So they brought in Guy Thompson, mm-hmm. Dave Denton. Uh, they brought in Will Spencer, yeah. who is a handy signing. And then they've also brought uh, a young Tuilagi. Fred Tuilagi, who's another a, one, who's a back row. So I think this is a son of. I want to say Freddie. They brought him in. This, is, this isn't a so pr- promotion he, from the academy. He is a promotion from yeah. the academy, but yeah. he's stepping up uh, to that team. Um, they've also brought in Gaston Cortez, Argentine prop, uh, and Kyle Eastman, and then dynamite. So they have brought in a couple of hookers uh, from. So one's from Nottingham, definitely, um, to, as backup. So they've, they've strengthened the pack. They've strengthened quite a lot, m- primarily around the back row. And hey, talk, talk about Jimmy Stevens. Jimmy Stevens, yeah, he, yeah, that's uh, that's a hooker, I think. And they brought in a chap called James Voss from Jersey, who's on loan now at Coventry. Is he? Yeah. Okay. So, Going the other way, so mm-hmm. they. They've, they have strengthened a little bit. They've not strengthened their backs very much. They've strengthened their pack, and certainly the back side of their pack. Yeah. Um, so going the other way, they have lost a few reasonable name players. So Mullipola's obviously gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Sillias has gone to London Irish. Uh, Harry Thacker's gone, and George McGuigan, the young, talented young English hooker who came from Newcastle, has gone mm. back to Newcastle. 
and Don Barrow left halfway through last season yeah. to go to La Rochelle, has now joined Northampton. Um, mm. So that's that's the kind of sum total. That's the main ins and outs of their their squad. Without anything spectacular, I actually think that's a good summer's business. Yeah, for Leicester, I actually think Skinner is a cracking cracking bit of work. Spencer, 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 Will Spencer. Will, uh, Will Spencer. Yeah, yeah, no, outstanding. That, um, that's by far the best bit of business. Well, Guy Thompson and Dave Denson just give him yeah its options for for carrying in that back row. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Calamaphoni, he was industrious. He worked very hard last year, but I had him in my fantasy rugby draft team for probably the first half. He of just the doesn't season. have the quality needed, does he? He's been it's, brutal about it. It's the explosiveness. Yeah, he, what, he was he was carrying so much. He's one of the top carriers in terms of number of carries in the league, in terms of uh, meters made and tackle bursts. He was very very poor. And he's, the ratio of Meters made per carry mm. was very, I, very poor. I, I don't think... Mm, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And But there wasn't really anyone else, so he was having to... Yeah. He was being put out there every single week. Yeah. And yeah. he it, it will improve him being able to be rested, used for 20 minutes, or yeah. oh, given, yeah. given a week off and patched up. Because the other one you had was Luke Hamilton, yeah. who's now gone to Edinburgh. But he's not... So no. I'd say neither of those two have the explosive carrying ability of Guy Thompson or Dave Denton. Yeah, I think that's so fair. That, those three in particular, they're the ones that stand out to me. Spencer, Thompson, Denton as three. Cause I'm, I'm, Spencer, I'm not you too. Spencer can, can carry. Mm. With, Bre- with Brendan O'Connor being fit again, because he missed a lot of last season, That's uh, and you talk about guys that could have been on the England radar, again, he's not even had yeah. a sniff. I mean, actually, he could be the best. He could be the best of the lot of them, actually, at seven. Yeah, because mm. of his link play yeah, and his, his broken field running and his, the work he does over the ball. So th- their pack, actually, mm. is looking all right. Now, Genge is out for a while. What, what's wrong with Genge? He's had knee surgery. Oh, rubbish. Uh, I think he's out until the new year. Hence the, uh, hence the mobility scooter. <laughs> uh. we- wheelies on a mobility scooter. <laughs> so their pack will do what most, if not all, most Leicester packs have historically done, which is win good, solid ball. Mm. Um, it is their backs that I'm a little bit concerned around. And so last season, one of their main problems was you've got two of the best centres in the league yep. who were unavailable for most of the time. So you ended up with Matt Smith and Matt Tate doing yes. a lot of the work. Now, this season, you've got three of the potential best centres in the league because Eastmond uh, comes in. Here we go. Potentially one of the best centres in the league. Tamu is still there, albeit... Kinda. He's not going to be there all the time because he's going to be available to Australia. Yep. But you know what? They're making him come back come back for rest weeks. Which is ludicrous. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They. It was brought up, no. on, lo- it was brought up on local radio. Okay, Point raised by Matt O'Connor on local radio that they're going to make Plotter now and Tamu. This is Jonathan and James. Huh? Is this Jonathan and James? No, this is this is this this is separate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, point raised publicly by Matt by, by, by Matt O'Connor that those two guys are going to have to come back on the rest weeks. So for rest, when no. you're supposed to be resting, you're going to fly twenty odd thousand miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not happening. Well, I hope not. But, that well um, won't happen. But yeah, it seems crazy. That's the the uh, stress and strains that uh, long distance air travel puts on your body. It it does not uh, correlate with rest. Yeah. So 
Anyway. Well, you know, the other thing, just on, on that as well, is Palotta now is very important. They've got rid of Thacker, they've got rid of McGuigan, they've brought in two young guys. Or two had, less experienced guys. Two less experienced guys, but basically it's Palotta now, wasn't it, and Youngs. Now you take Palotta now out of that, it's just Youngs. Youngs gets injured. They're really screwed. Um, They've got, so they have got four options at hooker. We'll we'll see. So two guys who have mm-hmm. got experience in the championship. Uh, we'll see how they fit in. It is more the backs. So, and I, and I would say as well, Tom Cruise at Wasps. You would have said the same. That's yeah, absolutely right. Great point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's their centres. So they've got one fly half because they've got George Ford. Okay. Now George Ford, he will play every game he's available, which he did last year. Yep. And he's very very good. But he's not available for every game. And if he gets injured, you're down to Matt Tamu, who's also your first choice uh, centre. And Joey or, Ford. Or not available. Or Joe Ford, who is certainly not George Ford. There is an argument to say that he's not George Ford. But uh, do you know, I actually think um, the, you know, I, I know you bang on about Eastman every week now, right? They get him fit and operating well at the 12 channel. That takes a lot of pressure off Joe Ford if. True. If he needs to be that be that guy, although Eastman's not a kicker, really. Oh, yeah. is he not? I've n- never really seen him. I mean, like, seen, as in a, a tact. So, as in I, kick, kicking for sticks. No, I mean tactic. So I've seen him kick sticks for Saint, Saint Helens. Helens. Yeah, he's very good. Um, tactical kicking. I wonder if he's not that much of a tactical kicker because he's just so amazing on his feet. <laughs> Maybe. And then obviously you've got Manu, who mm. is apparently fit for the start of the season. That's but good. was having some kind of minor surgery I read. The last thing I read about him was he was having just a very minor bit of surgery just to clear up a, a knee or a bit of cartilage or something like that. But he'll definitely be fit for the start of the season. That's that's the latest that's being said on the matter, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the other side of the Le- Leicester recruitment in the backs is maybe we get to watch, um, you know, best part of what? Manu's 400k and Eastman's well, presumably 200k. 200, yeah, it's between 200 and 300. Just sat watching games. Okay, so England and Leicester centre Manu Tuolangi says he should be fit for the start of the season. Should mm. Having had fit. a minor knee operation. There you go. It's a softening on the language. It was a really minor procedure and I'm back in training. I'm really excited for the new season. Wow. Did he say that as excitedly as he said <laughs> about playing for the badge? Uh, Matt O'Connor said that the club were trying to make him a little that little bit more resilient. He carries a lot for us. He's a huge focus for the opposition. We have to try and make sure he's that little bit more resilient around playing as many games. What? What, what? what does that mean? For, for us. What does that mean? Resilient? He doesn't play any games. Don't know. <laughs> more well, more resilient. More, yeah. <laughs> got, got, got me more resilient. He can't be less resilient than he currently is. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's what they've been doing wrong all these years. Just if only they'd thought to get him a bit more resilient. Yeah, a bit more what? Like <laughs> mentally resilient. <laughs> God, they talk nonsense, don't they, coaches? And it's then, utter nonsense. Then, so Leicester I, also. I, I have... really like. I really like Matt O'Connor. I'm sure he's a nice bloke. Despite the fact he he called. I can say this now, and he 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 does it now as a as a joke. The first he I met him met him once. Um, and then the next time I saw him, he he called me James, Uh-oh. and I didn't have time to correct him. So then he, because it was like, right, J- Matt, Matt's here, right, record, go. He went, how are you doing, James? Nice, nice to see you. And I, <laughs> I was like, did he say James? Anyway, the next time he said James, 
and uh, and I uh, corrected him, and he was really embarrassed. But now he just calls me James. Oh, really? <laughs> just to, just <laughs> good luck. <laughs> but no, I've got a lot of time. I like him. I like him. Uh, look, I'm sure he's a good bloke. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the right guy. And I, you know, I don't actually blame him for, him for this either. Mm. Uh, I, I blame the people that put him in this mm. uh, put put him in this situation. And frankly, if they were less concerned about their own images and they're less concerned about you know, wanting to be the guy that the guy that signs the players and identifies the talent, um, they 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 wouldn't be in this situation. But they are. Now, one final point for Leicester Tigers: fantasy rugby draft perspective. The Starman and the uh, the Bolter. Oh. Now it's Ooh. very handy that we've left the back three. Yes. Because oh, absolutely. The star man. There's no question. Well, it could he'll, be one or two. He'll be a top. I think the, the 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 top three. I think they'll both be top five picks. But the top three, a top three pick in most fantasy rugby draft leagues, will be Toulouse Viani. Yes. And probably not far behind him will be Johnny May. Yeah, and Johnny May has the disadvantage of playing for England. Uh, Tulusa Vayanu should be available pretty much every week. Plays fifteen, runs from everywhere, beats men for fun, for he, fun. Yeah, the last couple of years he has, he's not quite as resilient as uh, some players. Uh-huh. Someone like say Ollie Woodburn, but yeah, when he's like, on the pitch, yeah, a, ter- a terrible concussion because of lack of resilience. I remember. Uh, so there's those two. And By the way, that, that could go on JB's list of things. Like if you're a defensive coach, just say <laughs> line speed. Yeah. If teach resilience. Resilience. Anyway, yeah. And the Bolter, mm. who's just been called up to the England squad, outstanding for England under 20s. I mean, his highlight reel for England under 20s is unbelievable. Is Jordan Olawafela. Olawafela. He's got a brother in the seven squad, right? That's right, yes. yeah. yeah. Now, now, Twin, I think it is. Now, yeah, there twin. is, I think there is, well, no, I don't even, it's not about me thinking. There Ooh. is a wing, a wing spot is available for Leicester Tigers. There is no, you will go, everyone being fit, Vianu and May are your 15 and your 11. That 14 yep. jersey is wide open. Thompson seems like the guy to fill it. He, well, he does. However, he's he's a very robust, solid kind of guy, but... He, he doesn't, and he'll do a job and a really professional job, but he's not got that that sort of stardust. Yeah, I mean, obvi- you know, it's a shame because there's a huge Brady-shaped hole on the Leicester wings, <laughs> obviously, and you know, well, that that would that would have been his his shirt. He, he was nailed, but you've got Sam Asplan Robinson has been signed as well. Yep, yep, and you've got Jonah Holmes who played a few games last year and, and did looked, very well. Yeah, he did do well. He didn't didn't do too badly. He was quite a big, strong boy as well. Hmm. All in the absence of Tom Brady, obviously. Exactly, exactly. Of course, our, our mate Tom. <sighs> but who, who do you? Who would you? Right, if you had to sort of get go now, who's going to be? Who's going to make that fourteen jersey their own? Who's going to have the most appearances for Leicester Tigers starting at fourteen? I think Holmes. I think Holmes will probably start. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see Oliverfella given a good run, like start him off, give him kind of sixty minutes for the first few games. Get him some opportunity, especially early on in the season. So Jonah Holmes is, and Adam Thompson, both quite big, strong, robust, mm. experienced enough guys. Um, they'll be... When when it gets a bit kind of colder and wetter and darker, you know what you're going to get from them. When you've got the, the nice, firm, dry pitches, just let Oluwafella have a go. Yeah, I think so. And if he does well enough, he can he can secure that jersey. Mm. Interesting. So very interesting. Last season they finished fifth. Yeah. Level on points with Newcastle. 
but because of uh, was it wins in the end? Yeah, wins. I think it was. Newcastle secured fourth position. Where do you see them this year? Better or worse than fifth? Do you know? I've just got a feeling that the squad is all right. The coaching, the coaching actually might be more robust, robust than you think. Because you always think of Matt O'Connor, but actually you only need to be thinking like Bakewell and Jordan Murphy and you know guys that are real good, you know, actual very good coaches. But I just think there's going to be too much trauma at the top, too much trauma with salary caps, and I, I think there's a, bit, there's a lot of trust in that club, which, which has been hugely eroded by some of the behaviours. So I think there's going to be more dramas than... Uh, sorry, there's going to be more drama around the corner. I would suggest they're going to finish top six. Fifth, fifth sounds about right to me. Mm. Same again. I think they're in a better position than they were this time last year in terms of the squad. Will Spencer will be a real tough nugget of a lock that they've been missing. Uh, back rows definitely strengthened. I I also think they're going to be fourth, fourth, potentially squeezing in at fourth place, probably fifth. I think they'll be. I think they'll go back to what they'd done for something like twelve or thirteen, 13 years consecutive, in a row. Or twelve years in a row. Definitely. Yeah. Sneak it, I think they will four. get into top four. Yeah. I think and they will. I think they'll improve. The, the, the but, but I will say that their backs in places is thin on the ground you, you get their best team out their box office a couple of injuries and they start a couple of injuries a couple of guys away for internationals well, they're starting the season without Tamua they might be starting the season without Tuolagi we'll they've got Eastmond they've got Eastmond alongside right Gareth here you Owen. go here you or go right Matt Smith so they've got Ford Ford and Eastmond three lads all from Oldham yeah, yeah. now Matt O'Connor gets fired. And out, and out <laughs> the, you know where this is going, don't you? Yeah. And out the door probably goes uh, Jed and probably goes Simon Cohen, in, 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 my, in my opinion. Who, who, who knows these players well enough to come into a top job immediately, <laughs> right? With top job experience. So what you're saying is, you work in Oldham, you should be Leicester Tigers' new head coach. Uh, to, to be fair... You know, as jobs go, it's one of the one of the easier <laughs> ones. You've got to work bloody hard to mess up Leicester Tigers. But no, who? It is an old an olden based individual. Who would it be? Mike Ford, of course. Bringing with him, Gary Gold, Sam Burgess, Sam Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> bit, For another World Cup, yeah, perfect. Oh, another oh, crack at the World it. Cup. Ironically, he's getting, he can just change the badge on the PowerPoint. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, ironically, I think. Um, Bath might have had it right four years. Isn't it amazing? Four years ago, these these kids, and they were kids, they, they looked like they were about to take over the world. Four years later, pretty much, and, and we're still waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and this time at Leicester. Right, so we'll move over to Bath now, since you mentioned it. Actually, before we do, there's one other... Is there, are, we, are, you, are you at liberty to say that the, the player that's probably going to be coming to England... Coming to England? Coming to... Where? What? Are you, are you allowed to say... Oh, um, it's Sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just put it this way. Go back and listen to one of our... Go back and listen to last week's podcast. We might mention the individual involved. Um, I reckon there'll be an announcement on Tuesday yep. that Sale have a... Um, sale have a, um, a, a... A new player. Um, <laughs> You're not going to say any more than totally that. Un- totally unrelated, actually. I just I learned something about a South African player that I thought I'd share. Just I know it seems a bit out of the blue, this, but go on. There we go. This this um so he's a he's a scrum half plays for the Lions, Ross Cronier. 
And, um, good player. Handy good, player. Handy player. That's it. I tell you what, he'd be a good backup for someone. A good backup for Will Cliff. Um, but I didn't, know, <laughs> I didn't know this about him. So you left him. out a key one there, which I believe is one of your favourite things to do when you've got a bit of time off. And it's, it's not something I've done a great deal of. Right, so Ross Cronier, this out, this out of the Lions scrum off. He was back up for Faf de Klerk at Lions, wasn't he? That's, cr- that's correct, Until yeah. he usurped him at both uh, Lions Lion, yeah. and South Africa. Yeah, Apparently they're very good friends. What, what are Sale going to do when Faf's back at South Africa? I don't know. It's tricky. Well, they're anyway. going they're, they're to need backup for Matt, for Matt Sturgis and uh, we'll play <laughs> Anyway, back, back to this South African scrum off Ross Cronier. Um, what do you think he, one of his favourite pastimes might be? Ooh. He does something topless. Ooh. Spearfishing. Uh, Spear hunting. Braying. Barbecuing, that is. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if uh, Manuel and Morgan have a topless tractor driving. Uh, I believe that's, uh, that's quite a popular yeah. one for Ross <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wow. That's one of his favourite pastimes. He's got his own little tractor. Is that, is, is that genuine? Yeah, 100%. That's he's, genuine. He's appearing on a TV show in South Africa and... Um, well, let me get to show you a picture of him. He uh, he, he doesn't deny uh, it. That's, that was actually getting our, venue, our, our wedding venue ready. Um, yeah, that's what I would have said. So he, um, yeah. He, uh, Is there a picture of him? Yes, I was trying to Is find a, a picture. Is Matthew Ferguson or a John Deere? Um, good question. Let's get the what, picture. A Ford County? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, come on. How did you find this? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, I want to show you the picture. There you go. See? Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, that's enough about um, Ross Cronier, the Lions scrum half. Completely um, unrelated. Completely unrelated. And so we'll, I'll keep an eye out for the for the news wires on. Yeah, there will be some, I'm sure some sale be sharks. Exciting in the AJ Bell sooner or than later. Go to the wreck then. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, talking about. And bath, plans have plans have been um, submitted for the redevelopment of the wreck. Have you seen the pictures of that? No. Yes. What do they look like? Yeah. It looks good. Well, uh, they're trying to offset the concerns of some of the locals. Remember, this is public land, um, hence the recreation ground, the name, and the stand comes down in the summer and people play lacrosse on it and there's all sorts of other things that go on. And this new stadium will take up a lot of the, a lot of that land. One of the ways they're trying to sort of appease that is by turning that whole bit by the river in, into a, to redevelop 
that whole bit by the river, which is the, well, the behind the stand near the river. Yeah, the the stand that's yes. closest so to, to town to make the because that will become what is now the length of the ground facing the the town hall in back across <sighs> and the weir will now be one end. Yeah, and at the end there will be a whole complex. There'll be cafes and things like that, and it will they'll redo the whole area Conference around facilities the weir. for the regeneration community. Exactly. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Right. Okay. So there'll also be a new bridge across the river on yeah. the. the plans that a, I saw. A glass atrium. Um, <laughs> Maybe. All, all sorts of fun stuff. So, uh, I, I'll never understand this, right? Why do they, why do rugby clubs and sports clubs continually chase bigger crowds? Smaller, wealthier crowds paying more per ticket is the way forward. Uh, no extra security. Um, no a su- extra... A supply and demand you get to keep the riffraff out, don't you, Jay? Exactly right. I mean, they're <laughs> such a well-heeled, you know, they're such a well-heeled... They'll pay double. Yeah, Exactly. If you put up the prices by double, right, you could still get get in. In fact, if anything, it becomes more exclusive. So demand yeah. goes up. You probably put it up by by up, up, up by triple, right? Number two. It's like it's like art. People, you, if you put up a bit of art as a hundred pounds, no, or no, no one will look at it. If you put it up as five thousand pounds, someone will buy it because exactly. they'll, assume, they'll assume it's uh, of significant value. And then you got to build this thing. And modern stadiums are dreadful. And also. Do Bath fans need cover? I mean, do they really need a roof? They all wear uh, wax jackets. They like wearing wax jackets. <laughs> That's what they do. Right? They can wear their wellies. They, they, how many of them wear hats? They love those big rimmed hats. I just can't understand why they need to go through a cold rigmarole. And they can still play in the summer. They can still take down the stand and play cricket during the summer. The bit Vanity, I will, that's all it is. So the bit I will say, I don't actually know, I can't remember what it was going up to. I think it might have been 16,000, so it's not an enormous jump. Yeah. But the the facilities from where I've been in the wreck, I've been a few times, they're not actually great. So, so if you could just... Well, if you can just get the same number of people or slightly more people, but offer a much better dining dining match day facility... Mm. Uh, much better bar. You're go- people are going to want to pay more, so people will be delighted to pay the hundred and twenty pounds ticket. I don't think there's any boxes at Bath, is there? I can't, I can't see minimal if... number. There's, the, oh, the, the, there's the ones at the end. Where... Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 behind the sticks. There. So yeah, there's that. But again, I mean, you know, why, why even offer it? Just charge them more. And actually, like the the ground itself. I mean, think okay, think of it the, um, uh, this way: how expensive. Uh, is it to get the car parking space in Twickenham or the car parking space in Cheltenham? Like it's just literally a car parking space, yep. and the more they charge for it, the more people, um, the more that people <laughs> want to go. That that's the way forward. <laughs> and so exploit their fans. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah. Well, no, the fans exploit themselves. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and also, it's little things isn't it? like like they bring the barrier down so the players can get on. I mean, it can get on to the field from the change rooms. That's an amazing thing. You know, that, that stadium is amazing. And what it lacks in, you know, corporate hospitality boxes, which are a bit overrated, to be fair, it makes up for the fact that it's in a World Heritage Site. It looks incredible. Mm. Like, if they start building, you know, things onto it, make it bigger, and, yeah, you know, I, I don't like it. So I've just opened up the PDF of the development plan for the Stadium of Bath, mm-hmm. uh, Stadium 4 Bath draft development plan. There's a timeline in it, which I assumed was the programme of works for the project. So when, when do you start, when do you complete, and everything else in between. Mm-hmm. And then so I went to the start to see, well, when is this work going to start? It starts 1860 BC. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the history of the city of Bath. Nice. <laughs> 
There you go. Uh, on on onto the on-field matters. What what must Todd Blackadder be th- be thinking looking back at Crusaders? Did he oversee the only period where Crusaders didn't win like, Super Rugby? Yeah, nine unsuccessful years. So Super Rugby has been going. These these stats are wrong. 1996 or 97? Some, yeah, they've been something like 22 years of which Crusaders have won like 12 yeah. of titles during that period. And there's a nine-year period. <laughs> it's not quite that much, but there's a nine-year period where Blackadder won nothing. Amazing. <laughs> Staggering. It, it is. Well, and during, well, during that period, he had like, the best players in the world. But he's a nice guy. Great guy. That's he is I mean. a great guy. He's a nice guy. He is, and he is a guy that that players want to play for. Well, you say that if they really wanted to play for him, surely they'd be more resilient and they wouldn't be injured all all the time. I mean, <laughs> I do think there is a problem at Bath that everyone is always injured. Yeah, always. there is. I mean, you can call it luck. Wasps had these issues in previous seasons. Bath, the last year or so, have had awful injury mm. issues. Yeah, but injuries it does flag lack of depth in in positions as well. Mm. So if you've got two or three, if you've got depth and versatility in your squad, you can manage injuries. If you don't, you get found out. Yeah, the um, now everyone well, fit and firing. They have got an exceptional well, squad. Yeah, squad, yes. and looking at the squad, I mean, on paper it looks like most positions you've got, you've got depth. You've got a lot of depth in most positions if you can get people out. Yeah, like that back row is. Phenomenal. The second row, uh, yeah, Francois Lowe, Falatau, and then anyone Garvey, else, me, take Francois your pick. Falatau, and me, <laughs> would probably make it into the top three Premiership back rows behind, and that's behind Dave Atwood, Luke Charles. Well, no, Luke Charles just moved on now, hasn't he? Or no, no, still, no, there? still, no, still, there. still He's there. there, and Charlie Yules, Charlie Yules, yeah, and wow, Elliot Stook as well, yeah, yep, yeah. they've got options in the got, England squad, he got called up to the England squad, yeah, I was just checking that. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the the quality in the team is undeniable, but it's that depth, and they don't seem to get ever, ever, everyone fit and firing. They also seem to have become a bit of a retirement home for Welsh players who are starting to lose it a bit. So <laughs> yeah, r- run us through the ins and outs of Bath. Okay, so in they brought in Jackson Wilson uh, from Worcester Warriors. I like that centre. Yeah, he's Fine. a he's a good player. Um, they brought in. Lucas Noguera Paz from Jaguares, so a prop. Another prop, mm-hmm. Delmas Victor Delmas from Columbia's, who actually I think he joined them in March last yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they brought in Rory uh, McConaughey from England Sevens, who's going to be a utility back three player. Yep. Who's big, strong boy, big rangy runner. Jamie Roberts is an interesting signing. Yep. Um, they brought in Chudders from Exeter. Who's a very good. That's a good half. signing. That's a really he's, good signing. He's a very. He's unlucky that two years ago he was quite. He had a couple of injuries, mm. and last year obviously they brought in uh, Nick White. Um, yeah. They've also brought in Joe Cockenasiga from London Irish. Allegedly on two hundred and thirty k. Feels about well, yeah. Based on his poten- based on his potential. That's only just above the. Average Premiership average wage is, now. Average is about one forty. Uh, one seventy, I think. I think it's one forty. Oh, is it? Dimes. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh well, average. All you need to do is divide the uh, salary cap by the squad average squad size. Yes. But then you need to add in the marquee players because that will significantly bump it up. So I'd be surprised if it was that low. One forty. Well, I can tell you this: 
uh, Bath players are not particularly happy with the arrival of Joe Cockersinger on the salary that he's on. So mm. that that has caused some some issues, should we say? Mm. And the other signing is Alex Davis, who's a fly half scrum half from uh, Carnegie. Oh, right. so a Lancashire lad. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, they'll be you know if they get over, I mean, they should be by all rights semi finalists in Europe. Um, certainly making the Aviva, sorry, the, the Gallagher playoffs. And this should be. The e- I mean, if Leicester Tigers is, is, is an easy job, this should be even easier, right? You basically, you know, your place of work is the, it, it's not dissimilar to the, to the school which the X-Men use. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got a wonderful stadium. You should be able to attract every, you know, you should be able to attract every player that you want because it's such a great club with such an ama- amazing surroundings. But somehow they get it wrong time and time again. And they get their, their, their squad construction wrong time and time again. It's uh, my understanding that they're letting, well, I think this week they've they've basically fired who, a guy who used to be their club captain, who was Mercer. Okay, Mercer. They've paid they've, uh, they've paid him off uh, paid him off to go because they've got sal- sal- salary cap issues. But you know they've also got a load of guys which they bought in last year, just you know be- literally off the streets like Cooper <laughs> Boona, um, Alad Brew. Alan Brew, James Wilson. Oh, Wilson's gone. Uh, Wilson has gone, you're right. Yeah. Um, who was the other guy? Oh, there's, a, there's another fellow as well. Well, Benny Taps they brought in mid-season, but he's now gone. He's Horrell's been a, gone back to Bristol. Yeah. He's been a swap. Yeah, Horrell. I tell you what, they have got the, they've not done well. If that was a sort of trade, Benny Taps for Jamie Roberts, I think I'd have kept, kept Benny Taps every, every day of the week. I, I probably would have well. I don't disagree with their recruitment. It, it looks haphazard. Mm. And and they, they seem to have. You talk about the depth. My concern with Bath is they have unbelievable depth. Too much in, in certain, in certain areas. Yeah, like the, yeah. Their six jersey, for example, they've got that that really. Uh, um, they've got a really young, promising player who came back fit this year. He was out for a while. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, mm. him Garvey, so, and then you've yeah, got these Tom, other, Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis, a, yes, that's right. Yeah. And then you've got Zach Mercer, and you've got Falatau. And you've got Francois Lowe. And Paul Grant is a handy... And Paul Grant is a, yeah. is a quality player as well. No, a good, season, good squad player. Season pick up. Big, big bloke as well. Yeah. yeah Remember yeah. when I saw him play, playing against Sale? Huge. So it, it almost seems like they've got too much money invested in those areas. And then and then they've got lots of money invested at fly half, but you don't still don't know who's number one, who's number two. No. Yeah. Which could be an advantage, but I actually think not. I mean, you know, maybe I've been harsh on the Jamie Roberts signing. It's going to be expensive. The, uh, the, so, uh, the doctor isn't cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he will not be cheap. Um, I actually think last season he had a really good season. Mm. All in, and he was one of the leading line leading lights for Quinns in terms of both leadership and his on-field presence. Yeah. But maybe something will... something you don't get from Jamie Roberts is the distribution. No. You don't. He will carry very hard. He'll put big hits in all day, uh, and he is. He's certainly athletic enough to do what he needs to do, but you're never going to get a nice tactical kicking game or a double miss pass to Anthony Watson. Does Jamie Roberts being there make it more of a Billy Burns team, possibly, because he's got that option? Maybe, although he's got a lot of game time with Priestland. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking, just settle him down a bit, get him over the game line. it, it, It might turn out to be a stroke of genius. More, the more, the more I think about it. Well, then, then with Jonathan Joseph 
Anthony Watson when he finally gets fit. Rocco, is Rocco, he fit? Uh, I think so. Because yeah. we talk about talk about fancy rugby draft star man. Two, look, yeah. two seasons ago, look no further than Rocco. Two seasons fit. ago, he was unbelievable. Un- but isn't the story of Bath like the story of what could have been from four years ago? I mean, that really the, is the story. The 2015. The, like, the, yeah, with the Fords and the Eastmans and Joseph. I mean, that team, Joseph and uh, Watson and Rocco and, you know... Carl named, Ferns. Carl Ferns. On the bench for the final because yeah. Sam Burgess was playing six. It's, I mean, you look at all these... Uh, oh, Devoto. Look what happened to Devoto after he left. Yeah. You know, all Wood, these Woodburn lads. was in the squad then but not playing. Say then. Yeah. Woodburn was in the squad. Yeah, but yeah, they have Woodburn. The bloody Woodburn, right? They've got <laughs> the all... talent in that team. And what do they do? They absolutely screwed it up. They absolutely screwed it up. It's just, it just is, it is beyond, you can make beyond it, the joke. It, you could, you, you could make an amazing team of players that left London Irish to go to Bath, and you could make an amazing team of players that Bath let go. Yeah, yeah, completely right. So yeah, yeah. So um, the story of, of Bath is the team that could have been. So actually, the story of Bath is actually the story of London Irish, the team that the team that could have been. It all uh, for me, it all hinges with Bath on front row and centres. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. Will, will they get Henry? Will Henry Thomas finally become an, an absolute force? Like we all, like we all, we all expect them to be. Uh, I'm not sure. Since he's, he's had a couple of bad knee injuries, hasn't he? Need, uh, you know, then you're going to need Nate, Nathan Cap playing well because he is very, very good. But he's another one who's had so Loads many of injuries. injuries. So many injuries. Tom, Tom Dunn at hooker. They were, they're, they're all right at hooker. Uh, yeah. Tom Dunn had a bad injury last year, but yeah. before that he was superb. And they got the young... Abano got, out for the season. They got Is Ross, he? So Ross Batty... He will be. Ross Batty, Tom Most Dunn and Jack Walker. So former England under-20s captain, Jack Walker, who's never done anything since he's been to Bath. But he's probably only still about 23. Exactly. Uh, 20, he, he's 22. a hell of a slice as well, him. 20 Jack, Jack Walker. He's, yeah. So yeah, they need they need their front row, all the potential in their front row to step up. They need to understand what their first choice backline is. Yep. And if you can put those two and keep the players they need fit, they could be a match for anyone. Uh, who's, yeah. who's that scrum half this year? Is it, is it Chris Cook? Well, Fotoli is still Trudley there. And, and, and Chris Cook is there. And Darren Allison. Chris Cook, when you need someone to come on and just uh, get, spice, get, a yeah, get a yellow. Yeah. We need a quick yellow card now. <laughs> <laughs> get me Chris Cook. Uh, I guess the problem with that, it's, it's quite, a, quite a bath uh, solution to, to, to a problem at Scrum Half, which is, you know, Chudley is, is he a nailed-on starter? He's a very good player, but is he a nailed-on starter? No, not with not with those other guys. There'll be real but like, competition. But I, mean, but I mean, for anyone, could he start? Would he? Would he be the starting scrum half for any team in in the Premiership? He he was, and he would have been if Exeter didn't have uh, Nick White. Yeah, and the and Townsend. But he he was he was ahead. Townsend only got a look in um, because mm. Chudley had some bad injuries. Yeah, he, so he was nailed on for a, a few seasons. Possibly new? No, probably not Newcastle. Maybe Newcastle. But no, not many, not many sides. He would be an automatic first choice. But he will speed the game up, which is what Bath need. So they've got an aging Fotolihi, who is still br- bloody brilliant. Uh, they've got Chris Cork, who's just not developed the way he should. They've then got um, Darren Al- Darren Allenson, who they just kind of bought as a you know a, a, a plug-in. And he's, he's a, an, yeah, he's back up. And now they've got another guy. And then it doesn't seem that there's going to be an outstanding. I mean, they've got so many guys. Well, look at their. Well, yeah, quite. Look at and look at their. Look at their half-backs both. They don't... 
no one could pick. Maybe Todd Black Blackadder knows they're my guys. But, yeah. But all, almost it's more problematic. You'd think it would be a good thing going, well, I could just slot any of them in. But yeah, I, I don't, ri- I don't rhythm, see it like that. Rhythm at halfback particularly. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, that could be another thing which they're going to continue to, continue to do. Not commit to either Priestland or Burns, or maybe it's one of those things like one of them's got a hamstring strain one week, the other one... It, it, you Phew, know. one of them's injured, great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just, you know, you, you have those two swapping in, and then you've got four scrum offs to pick from, or let's say three, right? How are you going to get a, a settled pair from that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, seventh. So, t- well, two questions, three questions then. First of all, before you give your seventh position. Seventh, by February. <laughs> Um, your star man and your bolter. Star man is going to be f- f- uh, Francois Lowe if he's fit and firing for fantasy rugby draft. Oh, fantasy rugby draft. Sorry, um, <laughs> don't do not get Francois Lowe. He does so much work hitting rooks, yeah. not scoring. He will, he will not score you any points no. at all. Uh, Def- Defensive-minded players doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say Zach Mercer. Zach Mercer could be exceptional, but. Will he get as much game time? Because Falatau will be nailed on eight. Yeah, he really won't. There's so much competition for that back row. If Falatau's fit, he's starting eight. Yeah, yeah. and then you, yeah, then take. Then you got club captain, or one of the one of the club captains, the vice captains. Who Mercer? No, Garvey. Um, Garvey. Right. Or Tom Ellis. Yeah. Or Zach yeah. Mercer. Or Sam Underhill to get back. Sam, fit. Oh my God! Have we mentioned Underhill? This is ridiculous. So, yeah, back Bath, row. Shed some back row players. Back row, Falatau is your only one you want to go for because he's the only one who's nailed on the rest. Oh my god! The rest if, will rotate when they are fit. Falatau, Low, and Underhill are unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that. that I can't that, believe when we were talking about the back row, we didn't say Underhill. Underhill. Yeah, ridiculous. Wow, ridiculous. Um, and you know, if Rocco, if Rocco's back, back to Rocco, Rocco's Rocco got to be star man. Got to be the star man. The bolter, so he, I'd M- say McConaughey. Well, McConaughey will be interesting. So Watson won't be starting fullback to start the season. He will o- be. The other option is so he's not I, a bolter. I, would be um, Tom Homer, who scored. He, he came back. He was injured for a lot of last season. He came back. He scored a phenomenal mm. try against Gloucester. He did. Uh, he was so earlier in his his career. He was exceptional. Um, if he can get back to that that kind of form. He gets a good run with Anthony Watson out. He might be an option. And I think certainly two seasons ago, he was listed as a midfielder. Ooh. Which midfielders who score... Mid- midfielders mm. playing in the back three. Midfielders don't score points in fantasy rugby draft. So Can't win anything with kids. Yeah, He's an option. So there you go. And you're saying seventh? Seventh, yeah. Um... They could be monstrous. So I mean, they could. If they got everyone fit, they could. They could legitimately win win the league. All right. So I've changed my mind. I think Leicester and Bath are both going to move up one place. Ooh. So the one thing I will add. So I, I like the Bath squad if they can get the right. If they can pick a team and stick with it, they could do very well. The bit that makes me a little bit nervous is so they finished in sixth place. Which mean meant that they were the lowest ranking qualifier for the Champions oh, Cup. Oh yeah! With the exception of Gloucester, who qualified through the alternative route. They're going to get battered. So they're going to have a very tough time of it uh, around the. So they they do lose people to internationals. 
They'll be fighting two fronts. I think seventh might be right. I think they might go one worse. Than We've seen year. that time and again, haven't we? The team we that have, finishes sixth. The, the difference is dropping I mean, down the league. If they, uh, uh, the, uh, okay, it's back to the team in the Premiership. They could finish highest and finish lowest. They've got the, the, the like the biggest, the biggest range. range. Yeah. I would agree with that. Definitely. Mm, that's fair. Now, if this is the best version of Bath, I don't think it matters that they've got the worst Champions Cup pool because I think they'll they will still be competitive. In fact, they might even qualify if it's the best version of this Bath team. If it's not, they are going to get absolutely, absolutely hammered. Absolutely hammered. Yeah. So basically, they could finish anywhere between third and tenth. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wow. much. Uh, second. I reckon they could even go as high as second. Well, they, they finished top of the league when they got to the final and got yeah. hammered by Saracen. They finished top of the league, didn't they? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'll All go, right. Let's I'll go fifth. So we. So we, so, we, so we bring it home. Yes. There you go. Get right. on to get on to fantasy rugby draft. And there is there's also manager pro and league pro, I believe. Is there to look at? Yeah, manager pro gives you some extra statistics to look at uh, for your players, and it's relatively cheap for the insight it gives you. You can go check it out. Have a look. Uh, we yeah. are advocates for sure, and basically we're just trying to get as many people onto it so that you will tolerate us. <laughs> jabbering about it throughout the season. Uh, you can find uh, you can find that um, Hobbit-footed one over there at Jay Beardmore on Twitter. Yep. I'm at Cocker. Phil swerves social media because he's far more productive with his time and doesn't want to get he looks he is out there he is out there he doesn't want to get caught in arguments that actually you you come out of an hour later thinking why did I spend an hour of my time exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah. getting involved in that. Phil's very smart like that. <laughs> um, so you can just find him here. We're um, absolutely egg, egg chasers rugby podcast on Twitter and uh, let the boys play. Always play. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.